The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. So, good evening and welcome to Buddha Loka for another evening of meditation. An evening of meditation. So, very nice to to have that to look forward to. So I'll just introduce myself uh, as I usually do. I am Ajahn Nisarano and I'm a monk who ordained with Ajahn Brahm, Ajahn Brahmavangso, in Western Australia in Perth 22 years ago for full, ordi full ordination and for the last 13 and a half years been living in Sri Lanka and visiting uh, Australia, mainly Melbourne, <laughs> quite regularly, most years actually. So this evening, as always, the format that I will follow is just an introduction, and then we have a guided meditation for 45 minutes. And uh, usually the introduction is about the theme for the guided meditation. So we'll, um, and the theme that I'd like to develop uh, is the de the developing the perception of the peaceful developing perception of the peaceful in our meditation and using it so this time of year particularly because it's christmas and new year it's a busy time busy time socially and it's a good time for us to to develop uh, when we can some peace and quiet in the mind um, and of course Traditionally, isn't it, Christmas is what we say, peace and goodwill to uh, to all people. We say all men, all people. And so we, really, we're doing our, doing our bit if we develop peace during this time. And I don't know whether... Um, oh, that's a bit louder, isn't it? That's good. I don't know whether you notice, but I think people... Are people more uh, kinder, considerate and peaceful at this time of year? Do you think they are? Don't know. I know. I know that the the car park is probably not a good place <laughs> at some of these shopping centres, but uh, maybe maybe they're inclining that way. Some people are, but if we contribute peace, that's that's an important contribution, because uh, world peace begins with each individual, doesn't it? Growing and spreading out to the family, to the community, and of course to the whole world. And I often say the biggest contribution to world peace is, of course, keeping the precepts, the five precepts, which would make a huge difference to the world. But this evening I'm really going to talk about the perception of uh, the peaceful and how we, the uh, things that can support that. And I like uh, in schools, I think in many schools, I think if some of you have children, you'll probably know this, they call it quiet time, quiet time. And I think that's a very nice concept, actually, quiet time, you know, just a peaceful time. And that's very important for children, I think, because um, they're so active and also so uh, scattered quite a lot of the time. And so this quiet time is very useful for them. And in Sri Lanka, they, of course, they've had this um, a school, of, school, uh, school of mindfulness, or school, uh, yes, School of Mindfulness, they call it Satipasala, and it's uh, for encouraging children to develop this mindfulness in their um, daily life at school and at home. 
So meditation, of course, is the perfect way to develop develop peace in the mind. And what what we can do, what we can, how we can develop that peace, is to use things, use people, places, or um, things that give rise to a feeling of peace within us, something that we associate with peace. And then when we use that as a focus, then the mind takes on that quality of peacefulness. This is the theory, (laughs) but it does work actually. And uh, we can see it in daily life actually, if we watch things that are, you know, very active and uh, uh, particularly if we're interested in it, the mind gets really excited and really agitated and goes with it. So we can use this use this quality to, uh, as it were, color the mind with this peacefulness. And then to bring that mindfulness, to become aware, that uh, peacefulness, to become aware of it throughout our whole being, you know, through the body and the mind. And then to use it with the meditation object as well. So that takes on that quality of peace. So I think many people, and it can be very useful for our daily life too, because if we can uh, turn to something peaceful in our minds, um, that can calm us down in situations where we feel the mind is agitated and needs a bit more peace. And this is why you see people, don't you, at work, I don't know if you have it at work, you know, they have pictures of nature or they often have pictures of their family, actually, but of nature or something like that. It's very calming and very uh, inclining our minds towards peace. And I know last year someone told me that when they go into Melbourne, I went into Melbourne last year and it was very, very busy. I don't know. It's, it's quite a lot of people uh, moving, going everywhere. And this person told me that they often went into churches in Melbourne when they're in the city, if they're in there for some time, just to get a bit of a peace break because these places are quite peaceful. And he used that peace, you know, for developing the meditation. And it reminded me because Ajahn Brahm said the same thing. He, he said when he, when he was in London, he used to go to Westminster Cathedral and he just enjoyed the peace and the silence and the grandeur of that uh, that architecture. And then, he said, they installed speakers and started to play recorded information and music and talks as well. So that sort of destroyed that sort of that peace, that quiet anyway, that silence. But we also know, you know, that some other, other places too, we can find there's a very peaceful association that we can be aware of. And often when people go to monasteries or meditation centers, they feel it. And I think this place, I don't know, do people feel that this? they feel more peaceful when they come here? I, I think it's got a very nice feeling of peace, which is not surprising because people have been meditating here for since the 90s, actually 93 or 94 around there. And of course other... Um, other place, other monasteries like Newbury, but particularly Bodhinyana, Ajahn Brahm's monastery. Sometimes people say they just go, drive in the gates or walk in the gates, and they feel the peace. But more, more especially, in the meditation hall, the Dhamma hall, 
That's a very, very peaceful place and very quiet. So these places we can bring to mind. You know, when you're at home, you can bring to mind one of these places that brings that sense of peace. You can be here at the BSV, in this hall, in your mind, when you're at home, and you can pick up on that feeling. Or you can be, if you've been to Bodhinyana, you can be in the meditation hall and bring that to mind. So this is the power of our uh, imagination, but to bring up a feeling of peace. And really, it's what I, Akema, actually, um, she said, whatever works for you in the meditation, that's useful, that's the right method. So if we can bring up peace in that way. Other ways that we can do that is, um, and in, uh, in uh, Sri Lanka, of course, the temples there, beautiful places and they're they're sort of like islands of peace they're all white with lots of sand around the uh, the stupa and the bodhi tree and all these things and people go there i think and they get a lot of uh, comfort security and sort of peace particularly when they're uh, you know difficult times for them and so this this can have a very calming effect on the mind if one knows of some of these temples. And of course, you can see it here, the Buddha statue is a very good example of, you know, uh, there are different ones, but very peaceful, usually peaceful with a slight smile. And this too can be something we can use in our meditation, just to remember uh, a Buddha statue that has that quality that calms the mind, brings peace to the mind. And the importance of this uh, quality of developing peace is that it overcomes some of the uh, hindrances, particularly restlessness, because that needs calming down. Restlessness is when the mind is moving from one thing to another and, and just keeps going over and over again. Or when we have a lot of uh, desire in the mind, we're thinking sensual desire, like thinking about things... Uh, to do with the five senses, you know, cricket, football, the teledrama, <laughs> whatever we, we, we are interested in, in the five senses. So we have places that we can bring up the sense of peace. We have uh, Buddha statues that can bring up that sense of peace. But also one of the big, uh, very useful things to visualize is being in nature. So at the beginning of the meditation, we can bring up a very quiet place, a very peaceful, a place we associate with peace, you know, that we've uh, perhaps we've walked in, we've sat in quietly and enjoyed the peace of, the, uh, of, the, of nature, of the forest, of, you know, maybe a stream, a lake, or even a mountain. And the last range retreat that I had in Sri Lanka, and that's from... Uh, July till October, the three-month rains retreat. In and this one in Sri Lanka, I was in the mountains, and in from the hut that I stayed in, I could see a mountain. And when I was on the walking path, I could see this mountain, and it was very useful for my meditation because I could just this mountain was beautiful to see, and then you know sometimes you'd see the clouds coming in, especially when it started to rain. Uh, the rainy the rain started to come. And you can see the clouds coming and going. But the thing that I liked about that the mountain was the steadiness, the solidity of it. 
the uh, stillness of the mountain, no matter what was changing around it. And I could use that in my meditation to develop this sense of peace and stillness um, uh, because I bring to mind that uh, mountain. And then from that, I could get a feeling of this sort of stability and stillness. And it it reminded me very much of uh, uh, what the Buddha advised his son Rahula. The Buddha had a son, only one son, Rahula, who ordained when he was seven years old. And um, he he gave him uh, very good instruction, a number of talks that are recorded, still we still have, uh, that were remembered. Uh, that were meditation advice to his son. And this one relates, in a sense, to the mo- mountain, uh, the idea of the mountain, and the sense of um, stability, solidity, um, in this case, imperturbable, unshakable quality, and equanimity. And he said, this is what the Buddha said, Rahula, develop meditation that is like the earth, For when you develop meditation that is like the earth, arisen, agreeable and disagreeable contacts will not invade your mind and remain. So this is when people say and do things and you remember them during the day. And if you think of your mind being like the earth, and then he continues, and it's got that steadiness, that strength. Just as people throw clean things and dirty things, excrement, urine, spittle, pus and blood on the earth and the earth is not repelled, humiliated and disgusted. Because of that, so too, Rahula, develop meditation that is like the earth. For when you develop meditation that is like the earth, arisen, agreeable and disagreeable contacts will not invade your mind and remain. Because you've got that sense of strength and unshakableness, solidity, but also equanimity that can bear, (laughs) can take anything, can experience all these things without being uh, agitated, without being reacting. And one of the good things, uh, too, that supports this sense of peace and uh, in a more very practical way is if in your home, you have a space for where you meditate and you associate that with meditation. And that becomes like a peaceful a place that you associate peace with, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. So that when you sit down, you have this feeling of peace um, in your mind already. And uh, I'll just mention a few other things that support developing peace in our lives. And that is to have quiet days is very good. You know, if we have uh, days that we dedicate to meditating, relaxing, walking in nature, those sorts of things. And just last Saturday, we had the meditation day here, which is a very good occasion. You know, you just spend the day with other like-minded people walking and sitting, contemplating and listening uh, to some talks, sometimes <laughs> not much Q&A. <laughs> People get too peaceful for Q&A, actually. So there's uh, usually 
this sort of program and it's very very useful for just having a quiet day with other people and it's such a different way to experience being with other people where you don't have to speak don't have to interact and one of the other things that w- it will facilitate d- developing peacefulness in our life and i see it and you know when i go on arms round here in the mornings i go you know around uh, nine o'clock because that's when the shops are open down to the Carnegie and uh, I see people walking uh, when I when I'm walking I see them walking and they're usually in such a hurry they're in a rush you know you see it and that of course and you know when I see that I deliberately slow down because it's sort of like a reaction to this rush that I see we all get caught up in but if we can not rush it really aids this sort of sense of mindfulness and also peace in our lives so that uh, we're not in this sort of rushed, uh, panicky state of mind. And, you know, sometimes uh, different sorts of uh, things like yoga is very useful for uh, slowing us down, Um, uh, qigong qigong, and also tai chi. (laughs) I remember one friend of mine said, Tai Chi was too slow <laughs> for her. I couldn't believe it. Because it does. It really slows you down when you get into this sort of slow motion. And it has an effect on the, on the mind. But of course, one of the biggest things we can do to support peace, I wonder if you think of it, is to turn off the phone. <laughs> or put it on uh, airplane mode. Uh, that that is uh, very very useful, and with our phones, our tabs, and computers, because they they create quite a bit of um, of disturbance in the mind. Really, interaction. We can be excited. We can be depressed. We can be angry. Whatever we we can develop all these emotions, but if we turn them off or we have them on silent, then you know for that period. Uh, it's very, it's much more peaceful. So these things uh, just aids for our developing more peace in our lives, and this is always a very useful thing to do, because a peaceful person is a real gift to the world, and you see that with um, spiritual people that have de- developed peace in themselves. You know, they, they just have that sort of quality that really people find very attractive and they they long for in a sense because we want peace in our lives people often want um, happiness they want excitement in their lives but also I think this quality of peace comes with when we're content when we're happy to be here we can be still we can just be peaceful peace is also a very balanced state has a lot of equanimity in it it's not being pulled one way or the other. Um, so these these states of mind are very pleasant. Uh, and for people who develop a taste for peace, it becomes more and more pleasant, more and more enjoyable, the silence, you know, being on one's own, being at peace, being at home with oneself, which many people aren't. <laughs> and it is that is a very pleasant state not to have to be always on the go not always to be looking for something to stimulate us 
to uh, engage us, to involve us. So this sense of peace is something that we can develop. And as I say, it's a gift to the world because the world needs more, uh, more of this peace. It's certainly in need of it. And it means that we actually come from a place, when we come from a place of peace, we also come from a place which more clarity, more stillness, more awareness. And this can cut through a lot of the confusion and a lot of the problems that we can experience. So I will finish there and uh, soon start the guided meditation. So are there any questions or any comments or complaints? I don't want to be peaceful. <laughs> you don't have to be. <laughs> if you find you're very tired, peace can be can be uh, dangerous in that sense that one might drop off. But I would suggest, you know, in that case, you know, to look, you know, if with the visualization, for instance, if you use a mountain, then just to go for the strength of the mountain, the stability of the mountain can be a way of bringing energy to the mind. And of course, oh, this is that a question or a stretch? Was that a question? No, no, it was a stretch. That's right. <laughs> I'm always desperate for a question. <laughs> but uh, so, so this is uh, another way we can bring energy to the mind because meditation is very much about knowing what our minds need at a particular time, and uh, so uh, it may need we may need more something more energetic to or pay, for instance, when we're very tired to give more emphasis to the posture, to experiencing how we're sitting, and, and that can bring more awareness and more energy to us. So we can start the uh, meditation, and first thing, I think everybody's really already going, actually. So, so we can, first of all, find a comfortable posture that we can uh, make adjustments to. And we can close the eyes so we can better um, be aware of the body, be, get in contact with the body. And we can just let go of the past and the future, what's happened, what will happen. And I often say to leave the past and the future with our shoes at the door. That's quite nice. And just to be here. And for some some of us to just to arrive here, the body's come, but the mind may not be here yet. And just to remind ourselves, there's nothing we need to do now, and there's no where we need to go. So just to be here with this body sitting, and we can bring an awareness of this of the body, just becoming aware of how it is, you know getting in contact with the body. And making any adjustments to the legs or moving the shoulders to reduce any tension that's built up during the day, checking the alignment of the head it's always good to have a reasonably 
straight back, not rigid, of course. And the hands, as we find comfortable. And now we can relax the body mentally. It's very effective to do this. Starting at the top of the head with this kind, warm attention all around the top of the head, relaxing it, soothing it, coming down, moving down to the forehead, around the ears, and down around the eyes, the cheeks of the face, and the mouth, soothing the face, massaging it with our minds, with this kind, warm attention. We're aware of the whole face, relaxed. at peace and we bring the attention to the neck all around the neck and relax the neck with this kind attention warm attention moving down the neck And now we bring to mind the right shoulder, beginning at the neck and moving along the right shoulder with this kind attention, relaxing the right shoulder, allowing any tension to dissolve, to reduce. Soothing the right shoulder. Now we bring to mind the right arm, starting at the top of the arm. And move our attention down the right arm all around. Down the upper arm to the elbow, all around the elbow. Relaxing soothing and down the lower right arm to the wrist with this warm soothing attention and we move down to the hand the right hand and the fingers of the right hand right to the tips Relaxing, soothing the whole of the right arm. Allowing it to be at peace.
comfortable. Now we bring our attention to the left shoulder, starting at the neck. And we can move along the left shoulder, move our attention along the left shoulder, relaxing it, soothing it, mentally massaging the left shoulder. Now we can bring to mind the left arm, starting at the top of the left arm and moving our attention slowly down the left arm, all around the left arm, down to the elbow and then down the lower left arm to the wrist, hands and fingers right to the tips of the fingers. Relaxing, soothing the left arm. And now we become aware of the back, just below the shoulders, and move our attention slowly down the back. This warm, kind attention. Allowing it to relax. Moving the attention down towards the waist. And down to the buttocks. Relaxing the whole of the back. Bringing this warmth to the whole of the back. Now we can bring to mind the front of the body, starting below the shoulders and moving down the front of the body. Down the chest, becoming aware of various areas, how they feel. Soothing those areas that are tight, hard, uncomfortable. And moving our attention slowly down to the area, the diaphragm area below the chest. And then down 
to the stomach area. Giving that area this warm, kind attention. And moving further down to the abdomen, relaxing it, soothing any tense, tight areas. And now we can bring to mind the right leg, starting at the top of the right leg and moving our attention down the upper right leg, all around, down to the knee, all around the knee, and down the lower right leg, to the ankle, to the foot, and right to the tips of the toes, soothing, relaxing, with this warm attention. Relaxing the whole of the right leg. And bringing to mind the left leg, starting at the top of the left leg. And moving the attention down the left leg all around. Down to the knee. And then down the lower left leg. To the ankle. And to the foot, right to the tips of the toes. Relaxing, soothing the whole of the left leg. And now we're aware of the whole body sitting here. Noticing how it feels here in the present moment.
and we can bring to mind the intention to develop a perception of the peaceful in the mind. And we can either bring up to mind a place that feels really peaceful for us, really sacred or quiet, somewhere that's a long way from the hustle and the bustle. Maybe a place in nature, a favourite place, or like a mountain, forest, or a still lake. Or a favourite place we like to meditate. Or we can bring to mind a Buddhist statue that has a very peaceful appearance. Whatever brings up this sense of peace for us. A place in nature, a monastery, a meditation centre, or a temple, or a Buddha statue, whatever we find brings up this feeling of peace in the mind. And we can bring whatever sense of peace we've developed, whatever sense of solitude into this present moment. Just being aware of whatever is most prominent to our attention, moment by moment. And infusing the present moment with this peace. not wanting it to be any other way than it is at the moment.
being aware of the sounds, feelings in the body, temperature of the air, whatever comes to the mind moment by moment. And just being peaceful, having this peace, sense of peace with it. And when the breath comes to your attention, you can infuse this with this sense of peace, breathing in this peace and breathing out peace. Breathing in peace and breathing it out. peaceful, alert feeling in the mind. And if this feeling of peace gets dim or grows faint, then we can just remember the object we use to bring it up, to refresh that feeling of peace as we breathe in and breathe out. And we bring peace to whatever we experience when we're breathing in and out. If thoughts come, we have peace, this feeling of peace. And then when the mind's ready, to return to the breath.
breathing in this peacefulness and breathing it out.
And now we're coming close to the end of the meditation. So we can share this peace. We can expand it from ourselves to fill this hall, all the people, all the beings here with this sense of peace, of stillness, steadiness, balance. and expand it beyond this hall to all the beings here in Melbourne. Giving them this gift of peace, wishing that they have more peace in their life, more steadiness, more calm, and expanding it further to the whole of Australia, to all the beings, the friends, those we don't know, the relatives, all beings, and to the whole world, a sense of peace. stillness and safety. And to all beings everywhere in other realms of existence, this peacefulness, stillness of mind, And we can bring our attention back to ourselves, to this peace that we've developed during the meditation. And we can have the aspiration to develop more peace, more moments of peace, more gaps of peace in our lives. I have this aspiration, this wish, this inclination to value peace in our lives. And now we can review the meditation just to see how we feel now. <coughs> Did we feel more peaceful? Was the mind more still? Did the thinking reduce? Was there balance in our minds? And what was the cause 
for whatever we felt, whether it was peace or not, to arise. What were we giving attention to? And now we can slowly come out of the meditation, open the eyes and move the body to make ourselves more comfortable. So if uh, anyone has any comments or uh, questions or complaints, complaints. Ajahn, there's one online question. Oh, all right, that's good. I think we can have the lights. Is that what I think the lights we can... Are they here? Just from Wolfram in Germany. On oh, Germany. Oh my mm. goodness! He said, first nice way to wake up." Oh, all right, good, good. His question is: Sometimes I am so tense that when I try to relax and meditate, I have to cry all the time. Oh. Why do I have to cry when meditating? And he's added another note: <laughs> after the tension and pain gets easier and then the crying stops too. Oh. He's wondering about why it happens. Right, right. There's obviously um, his particular way to, to deal, to, to maybe to express that, that tension because we have, uh, often we have the idea that we need to express it in some way physically. Um, you know, any pain or any tension in the body. But, you know, at, at those times, you know, very, very important, I would think, you know, if I felt like that, I would have, um, you know, loving kindness or compassion to myself, you know, because it's a painful, you know, tension and stress in the mind. is very, very painful. So to have that sort of compassion and friendliness and ability to calm myself uh, to say you know it's okay it's all right is 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 a very is 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 a way i would would approach it so i think whatever works but this sounds very painful for for <laughs> for this person so I, I think something like that you know more compassion more kindness welcoming them uh, themselves into their own heart, accepting themselves, um, and in a sense, allowing this uh, stress, this tension, to dissolve that way is you know with a warmth, with a kindness, with a sense of connection, would be useful. A, a very good way to um, dissolve <laughs> dissolve uh, stress and tension 
is laughter. Actually, humor is very good, actually. That's why Ajahn Brahm is so successful. <laughs> and, so, and some people find it so useful because it's a real stress breaker. It's amazing how just a bit of humor. Um, I think in the morning, this person, uh, probably this is not easy to do, uh, um, but it is very true that humor can really break up really difficult mind states and change the mind you know, completely. It's really interesting how that happens. And so that's very useful. One of the things that uh, I, uh, Ajahn Brahm always mentioned, uh, he mentioned that his, f his first meditation teacher, his advice to him in the morning, said first thing in the morning to look at himself in the mirror and smile. And he said, if you can't smile, then use your fingers at the edge of your mouth to make a smile and then soon you will be smiling you'll be laughing how, how idiotic we look in the morning so this is a very skillful way I think you can use these ways uh, to break up tension to break up um, uh, dark states of mind tense states of mind and you know uh, when Anjan Brahm told that story only afterwards I thought my goodness why would any meditation teacher give you that instruction? I thought he must have been really, you know, quite heavy and a very serious sort of person. So that uh, he needed that. And he said he practiced that for two years. So this person in Germany can try that, that smiling technique. That inner smile actually is what we're trying to arouse. And that is like a form of contentment or kindness to ourselves, you know. So that could be helpful too, because humor may not work that early in the morning. It's very difficult, but certainly compassion, this sort of friendliness, like being, you know, I mentioned the other day the Buddha's image of being uh, uh, the mother with the only child. One can be one's own mother, and this this um, tension, uh, this stress can be like the child we're soothing calming down it's all right you'll be okay you know and this sort of real soothing and care and concern for for that state of mind because really metta uh, loving kindness it we need it for whatever we're experiencing you know the negative states of mind that's real kindness it's a real antidote to those um, difficult states of mind because most of the time we were just trying to get rid of them, <laughs> and in the, in the in the uh, and at the same time we're actually making it worse because we want so terribly to get away from it, but it's in our minds, it's in our hearts. So this is where we need to have this gentleness. This is the the antidote to it, not more um, negativity, more aggressiveness towards these states. You know, so this is this is the antidote. The Buddha um, recommended for negative states of mind, particularly anger, but any anger, fear, these sorts of things, these sorts of tensions um, are coming from negative states of mind. You know, probably fear, anxiety, the sources, maybe depression, uh, another source for it. And so this kindness brings, uh, you know, lightness. And the other thing this person could do, you know, with this uh, meta, you can actually do visualizations. And in the morning it would be good, especially if it's cold. 
And you can visualize this like sun in the heart. And this is the sun of metta, of loving kindness, just filling you with warmth, light, security, safety, and dissolving the mist, the darkness, the tension. You know, you can use your imagination. Of course, first thing in the morning, that's not easy. The mind <laughs> tends to be a little bit stiff. But just a simple image like that, something that brings warmth can be uh, quite useful. So I hope uh, hope that helps uh, for the person in Germany. I think the uh, tears, obviously it's, it's working as a re- relieving this tension in the mind, but it uh, doesn't sound so gentle or uh, um, that sense of connecting with oneself, you know, with this warmth, kindness, openness. So I hope that was useful, yeah. So this, uh, these, uh, these perceptions, they're very useful to develop, as I mentioned uh, yes, uh, yesterday, yes. Perceptions are very useful to develop because they become the way our mind will incline. So if the Buddha mentioned that if we develop uh, particular perceptions, then our mind will go in that direction. And some of them are useful perceptions, but people tend not to realize that we can create these conditions with these perceptions which can help us go in particular directions, positive directions as opposed to negative directions. And many people, as I mentioned yesterday, they're developing negative perceptions. When I say developing, it means they're just repeating it again and again and making them stronger, making them like ruts in the mind. But uh, a person who's working with their minds is actually creating these more positive perceptions, positive uh, habits in the mind, choosing to create things that will give rise to a sense of happiness, to peace, to lightness, uh, to strengthen the mind, inclining away from the dark states towards the light states, which is very useful for our happiness and well-being. In the end, as I said yesterday, we can develop what we wish. <laughs> it's up to us. You know, if people want to get very good at negative states, they can. And uh, often people can do that. Um, and But it's not much fun for them or anyone else, actually. And these light states support uh, peace, stability, strength in the mind. Uh, and they support wisdom to develop, actually clarity in the mind. Whereas these other states don't. They don't. So I'd like to uh, finish there and uh, encourage all of us to develop more peace. And one of the things that's very useful is to recognize the peace in the in-between moments. Ajahn Brahm talks about the in-between moments. There are lots of them in our lives, actually. When we're waiting for this to happen, that to happen, at the bus stand or wherever. And these can be quite peaceful times because we don't have to do anything. We're waiting, and uh, we can use fill them with this sort of sense of peace. You know, no, no agenda. <laughs> so we can develop it during our lives, daily lives, to come from that sense of peace, which I think people will appreciate actually, especially if they're very stressed, if they're very tense. So thank you very much for the shared meditation this evening.
And now those who would like to, we can pay respect to the Buddha Dhamma and the Sangha. Oh, great, great. Uh -huh.